0: Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co host is Brittany. And this is a podcast about many strange and spooky movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies. And we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised. And a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. I say it first, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. That's you. You say it first.
0: Oh, it's been too long. Hi, I'm Katie. And hey there, I am Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast.
1: Woohoo, officially season two dose what? oh my uh, gosh what what so i was okay. gonna say other languages but i realized
0: uh i don't know uh, that many languages do why do dose and that's all i know four languages um hi Britt. how are you
1: I hi, I'm pretty good. How about you? How's this year been going so far?
0: Uh, this year's been going pretty fucking fantastic. I my resolution was to be a badass bitch and I've been trying really hard to be that. So, um taken I got a I got a COVID vaccine today. What? Woo! Y'all should get that vaccinated. Thank you. Yes. I so I work in healthcare and I found out I went to work this morning and my boss was like Hey, the reason I was late was because I was getting my vaccine. And did you know that we can get it today as part of like, a, they're doing like a clinic for like local healthcare workers in the area. And I said, what? So I just had to bring my little essential worker sheet. And they were like, yeah, here you go. So yeah. So I got my first round of COVID vaccine. I got the Moderna vaccine. Cause apparently the Pfizer one isn't great for people with allergies and I have bad seasonal al- allergies. So um, it's fine. I feel fine. If anyone's worried about it, I don't think I have a microchip in me. Um, just <laughs> a joke, but I feel fine. It was like a flu shot. I barely felt it at all, which was really funny because the nurse was like, "Big, big stick," and I was like, "I barely felt it." I was like, "Not, nah, not really." But thank you for warning me. She was very sweet. She, she's a very good shot giver. And um, yeah, so I didn't have any adverse reactions so far. Um, I've never had a reaction to a shot though, so I was I'm I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to vaccines, and I'm I get my flu shot pretty much every year. So, um, highly recommend it if you have the chance to get it. I know only some people can get it right now because they don't have that many, but. Um, if you have the chance, please go get it because, you know, herd immunity is a real thing, guys. And um, if we all get a vaccine, maybe we don't all have to wear masks for another year. So that would be nice. And maybe we can start having parties again, you know, like without being socially distanced. And, you know, I did actually have my birthday over a break. And it was very small. Britt came. Britt took the best picture of me I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: And also made, like,
0: the sweetest podcast post. And I was like, oh, my God, now I have to outdo you for your birthday next year. Oh, no. So we're getting embarrassing pictures of Britt for her birthday next year. And then we had a very tiny New Year's Eve party with just, like, the quarantine group of people we've been seeing. Yeah, our quarantine, as lame as that word is, you know. (laughs) yeah uh, it was fun how was how was your new year's Britt? it's we're like oh. six days in
1: yeah so um so far so good um incidentally uh we picked up at work so a little tired um a lot going on in the world but um i'm healthy my family's healthy so i guess looking for silver linings that's really nice yay yeah so we were talking about new year's resolutions did you have some new year's resolutions you're telling me for the podcast
0: Yes, I think um, one of the biggest pieces of feedback we've gotten, and there was a really good review by someone. Was it on Apple Podcasts? That Yeah, it was that on me? Apple. Yeah, on
1: mm-hmm. Apple
0: Podcasts, someone wrote a very sweet, kind review that had constructive criticism, and one thing they said was, oh, "It's a little bit long," and we couldn't agree more. Um, I I feel like we are trying to stay within an hour. Because we've been going an hour and 45 minutes. And personally, I am a person who likes to listen to podcasts for many hours. I listen to them when I get ready in the morning. Um, But we've had a lot of feedback from friends who are like, love the podcast, but it's really long. I need something I can listen to, like, on my break or, like, quickly. So we're going to try to keep things around an hour from now on. So we're going to try to cut a lot of our chit-chat to a minimum. And that's number one resolution. Uh, and then I think our other resolution was more guest episodes, hopefully. Because yes. we tried to do two, and only one of them came out okay last season. So we will try in 2021 to have a couple more guests. I know we have at least one one or two people that have said they're interested and have said what movies they wanted to do. We just have to actually uh, figure out when we can do those together. So, um yeah, any any other resolutions we need to be aware of, Britt?
1: I feel like there was three and I see it's like what's my third one? What's tighter Podcast? Oh, um shit, was it um was it trying to acknowledge thank yous more or what were we doing? There oh yeah, one. well just thank you for the feedback and trying oh, to acknowledge yes.
0: people more. Like thank you for giving us feedback because we've had a lot of really good feedback and honestly that Apple Podcast review was like it was the nicest way to be critical. Like, I'm yeah. not kidding. Like, it was so nice. And, like, I I take constructive criticism better in the written form for some reason. I just always have in college. <laughs> um, yeah. I hated when directors would just, like, tell you in front of everyone else notes. But when there's a couple directors that we have that would write notes or type them up and just hand them to me. I always understood them better when I could read them because I could just kind of – it didn't feel so personal. So I, I like reading reviews because I'm like, what are people saying about me? And what what do I – how do I come off? So yeah. I don't know. How does the podcast come off?
1: But it was very sweet, and they were very nice. And so we thank you for your yeah, review. It, I think it meant the world, to, the world to me too. I mean, obviously it did to Katie. But for me, it was really special because I've had friends – who would say, hey, you know, I, I think the episodes run a little long. I've had, like, two or three friends say that. And, of course, it's one thing for me to say, hey, you know, this person said the episodes are running long. But it's really nice for a person who we don't know. Because um, we don't know who left this written review. They have a screen name. I, I tried found, to go in.
0: I just found it. Oh, geez, that's me.
1: That's yeah, who wrote it. So, so I was trying to find, oh, geez that's me's real name. Um, but couldn't. So, um. So, yeah, for all we know, it could be someone who really doesn't know me or Katie at all. Um, So, it meant the world to us to see that written down. Um, Because, you know, my big thing is, like, I'm like, if you can't comment, if you like or share, that still means a lot. But comments to me mean the world. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, if you're latching on to something we're talking about, if it's Mm -hmm. something that we did wrong, if it's something that we said right, like, it means so much to me to be told these things. So. Absolutely. Which is still, it's still great to get feedback, so don't get me wrong, I still love you guys to like our stuff, but.
0: (laughs) It's nice, yeah, Yeah. and we had a, we had an Instagram post, I don't, okay, I don't usually get reactions so quickly to Instagram posts, but it was Christmas Eve, or the day before Christmas Eve, it was, and I was, I was like, it was weird, this was my first Christmas, like, not with a significant other, so like, I was kind of bored, (laughs) and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to post a bunch of Christmas movies that people can watch that are kind of horror movies. And, like, it got a really big reaction really quickly. And I was like, oh, that means everybody's, like, actually paying attention. And, like, they actually, like, like I don't know. It just feels nice to, like, communicate with people. It's not It's not that people retweeted it. Although our friend Kaylin, uh, not retweeted, reposted it, which is very sweet of her. And she's, like, one of the funniest. Hey, Kaylin, if you're listening, she's one of the funniest people I know. Um, she's quite the personality, and she has much better social media presence than I do. Um, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. She's Yo, yes. hilarious. Feeling um, sweet. But it's – yes. But it's more of, like, the fact that people are communicating. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's nice to interact. It's not yeah. – It's we don't want it to be one-sided because it's no fun if it's one-sided, you know?
1: Exactly. No, I, if, I agree with that completely.
0: Yeah. yeah so it's just, it was nice. I don't know. It was fun – and everyone was very sweet about Christmas, and I'm sorry we didn't have a New Year's post, but Britt and I forgot to take a picture together, and we were kind of like, "There's a really great picture of me um being attacked by Brittany's dogs in the best way possible like like they they just really are affectionate, and like I'm like my face is blurry. I might post that one because that one's really hilarious. It's just pure chaos um at Britt's house, and yes. I think they're they're hanging out behind Brittany right now
1: they are they're laying on the bed like they're actually listening
0: to everything we're saying so yeah i i had to sleep at Brittany's house because well i wasn't even like we did have alcohol because we were adults but it was more of i was exhausted and i wasn't gonna get out on the road at like like the middle of the night on new year's eve and uh riley took up the big couch so that was fun
1: yeah, he does that. You just have to gently pull him off, lay down on it, and then he'll lay down on top of you. So but that's he our. He looks so
0: comfy. It's I okay,
1: Irinette. It was. Oh, cute. he's okay. He is cute, and he knows it. But he gets by with too much because he uses that cute face.
0: It's okay. Mabel it wasn't uncomfortable too. at first, and then I realized I'm in my 30s, yeah. and my body doesn't like sleeping on couches anymore. And I my body's that. just like, why did you do this to us? And I was like. It's one night, you sleep in a comfy bed every night. It's one night. Come on, so it was fine it was It was fun, and we had a very lazy New year's, and everyone made it till midnight. every single yes. person. It was very exciting, but yeah, so those are our resolutions, and I guess is there anything any other business we need to attend to?
1: No, I I don't think so. I think I'm ready to hop on into this episode. Yeah, We're
0: officially, I guess, so we weren't sure if we were going to have seasons, but I think we are. So this is season two. Officially. Which I think we said that, but yeah, Yeah. so that's interesting. Like, yay, because we weren't really sure. We weren't sure how long we were going to do the podcast or if we were going to keep doing it, but we are
1: because we love it. We are um, so. This is officially uh, recorded episode thirty-five, but of course mm-hmm. we we have the lost episode that we affectionately <laughs> refer to. Um, so this will actually be released as episode thirty-four. And if you're if you're ready, Katie, I'm ready. I'm just gonna hit the. Ground I'm running. so
0: ready. And Britt okay. picked this movie, and you guys don't know what it is yet because we we're. I'll try to make a post earlier than usual about what movie it is, like maybe the week before, so people know. Because usually we say it at the end. But we weren't sure what was going to be streaming in January because things changed monthly. And since we were taking a couple of weeks off, Britt took a couple days to figure out which
1: one we did. And I think you made a fabulous choice. Thank you. I appreciate that. So going into this, I thought um, our viewers should know this is actually the newest movie we've ever reviewed on the podcast. <gasps> this movie came out October 9th of 2020. <gasps> which means this movie's less than three months old. So. Oh, my God! <laughs> yes. I think so. The Invisible
0: Man's probably the next newest we've yes. done.
1: Yeah, because I want to say Invisible Man had came out in theaters in February. I think we reviewed mm-hmm. it in maybe June, I want to say. Yeah. So. It, <laughs> yeah.
0: Because it was, um, yeah, because it, it, it came out right before quarantine hit.
1: Yeah. So the movie we decided to do, um and we rented it on Amazon Prime. So I will be honest, yes. this is a rental. I think I think it's worth it though, because it's it's been on Love Critics top ten yes. car movie list for twenty twenty. And it was um, also
0: on sale when I did it. So I think it was only like two bucks when, oh, okay. so a... when I did it. <laughs> oh okay. So it might not be on sale when I did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know I lucked out I was just like oh I better rent this real quick and then I had we I, I had a friend helping me with a project at my house this weekend and so we ended up watching it which was fun usually I watch it by myself so I watched it once with a friend and once by myself which was nice to get other people's in- feedback
1: yeah and of course the movie we are talking about is the Wolf of Snow Hollow um it was written yeah. and directed by jim cummings who also was the star in the movie um, not has, the no, voice
0: actor jim cummings who does oh, no, like all no, the no. disney characters not different, like Winnie the different guy not
1: Winnie the poo, jim no. <laughs> cummings. like this is like a, a young actor producer director yes. writer named jim cummings i don't know why he didn't change his name i guess he likes his name which fair enough jim cummings we understand maybe his um, mom
0: said she was gonna like disown him if he didn't become famous with his own name i'm joking maybe. it's probably not right
1: but, maybe because yeah. that it is is pretty funny um but he's known for directing the 2016 short film Thunder Road which was made into a 2018 film that had the same name um a lot of critics have said um so it's interesting I didn't find a lot on this movie. So, a lot of the stuff I had to, like, take, I had to draw mm-hmm. from my own, like, experience. Because yes. it's not like some of the cult classics we've done where there's 20 years of material that's been mm-hmm. written about it. It's like, okay, so you may find a few little blurbs on it. But um, but supposedly, uh, I hadn't seen Thunder Road. Um, but a lot of critics were saying that there's a lot of similar plot stories, devices going on. Police yeah. officers losing, grieving over a parent, single foster, single father raising a kid alone in a custody battle. So there's like a few things that Jim Cummings seems to have trademarked in both movies. But um, yeah, I didn't know what to really expect out of this movie, but I have to say I like it. Yeah, I.
0: Okay, I will say it's definitely better on second watch because although the humor hits, but. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if I had seen Thunder Road first, I might have had a better first-time experience because it was a little jarring, the humor and stuff. Like, the timing was a little jarring. And then the second time I watched it, it was a lot smoother. Um, And I watched a couple interviews with him about this. There there aren't a lot out there, but there were a couple. Because also, this got released during COVID. So, like, they couldn't have, like, a movie premiere with a press junket. They had to do everything, like, you know, digital. So, you know... and online so you know it's just there wasn't as much information as we usually get um also there was only like two pieces of imdb trivia Yeah, <laughs> because i looked it up and i was we were like oh there's two pieces of trivia okay um it also was the last movie of robert Forster, who yeah. um passed away sadly recently and robert forrester you would know him by his face um, he was Jackie, in Jackie, he wasn't Jackie Brown, he was in Jackie Brown. Yeah, he Mulholland was Max Drive. Sherry.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And he was also in Twin Peaks season three, um, as the sheriff. In that, yeah. he plays a good sheriff. So, um, yeah, he plays like the, the brother of the original sheriff from Twin Peaks. Because that actor couldn't come in and do, I think he was either sick or something was happening with him. So Robert Forster came in. And filled in for him. Yeah. I think if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a while since I watched Twin Peaks Season 3. That was 2017. so yeah. And it was a trip and a half if you haven't seen it. so But watch the other series first. Because if you don't watch the two seasons before and you watch the movie or Season 3, you're going to be really confused. Because it they do not explain a lot in Twin Peaks.
1: Yeah, and and as Katie knows, I I really need to watch Chim- Twin Peaks because she talks about it a lot, and I, I really would like to <laughs> be much. able to know more. No, not too much. Um, but I like to be able to know more. But I'm like, and I trust Katie and what she's saying. Um, everyone everyone knows I'm a huge Tarantino fan, so I'm like, oh, he was Max Cherry and uh, Jackie mm-hmm. Brown, who is Jackie Brown's love interest, and he was yes. nominated for best supporting actor for that role.
0: Oh, that that yeah. movie, I I saw. It. A while ago. But I didn't see it until I was older. and Not older. But like in my like mid-20s. And I really, really love Jackie Brown. I'm sad it doesn't get more attention. Because their relationship and romance is so sweet. And yeah. so good. Like, I don't know. It's just like like they, they feel like real people. And it feels like a real relationship. And they're older too. So it's not like this, like, I'm just hot for you kind of thing. It's like. Like genuine affection for one another, yeah, and I think that's endearing, and um yeah i he's great, and I'm sad that he passed away, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, and this we movie, all
1: have... yeah, this movie was dedicated in his memory, too, which it I was. thought it was really sweet, um, I feel like that's something that film that people do a lot in Hollywood when something somebody's last movie, they tend to dedicate it to them, so yes. it wasn't until the end of the movie where I saw that dedication, that I realized he passed away, though, so that was kind of sad
0: i was um i was scrolling on imdb as i was watching the movie so <laughs> yeah i was, I, was uh, I kept uh i kept distractedly picking up my phone and going like who is this person i know this person um so do we want to go through the synopsis like the yeah. spoiler free one first and then we'll oh yeah do a couple characters and then go yeah. the
1: spoilers oh yeah and so okay. i do have the synopsis written out it's um it's when a small town is terrorized by a string of murders, each one committed after a full moon, panic grips its residents. Meanwhile, as Officer Marshall attempts to take on the case of a lifetime, even as his personal life falls to pieces, he tries to remind himself, werewolves don't assist. Or do they? <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah this is a quote-unquote werewolf movie, um, which you don't you don't get a lot of werewolf movies that aren't fantasy kind of movies i would say like there's the wolfman and there's of course classic universal wolfman um but most of them have some kind of fantasy element or surreal like 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 not fairy tale but like fantasy monster movie element and this one is very realistic um yet it's a comedy it's a horror comedy were you getting a
1: Were you getting a Napoleon Dynamite vibe from this? Because I kind of was. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't. I did get a little bit of Cohen Brothers esque vibe (laughs) from it. But it's interesting because uh, supposedly Jim Cunnings when he created this movie, he set out his words was to create a David Fincher movie on a small budget.
0: Which apparently he, either David Fincher is like, like, has a what am I trying to say? He said that David Fincher, like, is a big influence on him, but maybe he actually, he's called him, like, Uncle Dave, so I wonder if they actually know each other and maybe he's, like, like, what am I trying to say? Like, apprenticed under him kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that I don't know for sure, but the way he was talking about him sounded very affectionate. Um, But, again, I only got to watch a couple interviews because there's not a ton out there with COVID and everything. So that's the only bad thing about doing a new movie in times of COVID is, like, they can't do those interviews that we usually get to see, like, they couldn't do interviews for cons, I'm sure. Because do they even have
1: cons this year? Did they yeah. just have it
0: digitally? Like that's all the a good theater, the festivals had to be digital. So
1: I will yeah. admit the one thing I liked about this being a new movie was that it it required me some it required more brain power for me to like figure <laughs> out like okay like what could he mean by this or what yes. was he going with this? Because sometimes you'll like listen to someone talk about a movie and you're like oh like bam that's suddenly my idea because the way they think about something is so smart. So I didn't have that. I didn't have someone, I didn't have like 30 other people who analyzed this movie. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was nice
0: because I had, I really didn't know, I'd heard of it because a couple of like my favorite YouTuber reviewers had done like blurbs about it, but I, Mm -hmm. I, they all said it was good, so I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. So I pretty much just was like, okay, that looks interesting. I'll watch it. I'll put it on my list. So when Britt was like, "Ooh, this would be a good movie to do," I was like, "Okay." So I didn't look into it at all. I had, I knew it was quote unquote a werewolf movie, but that's mm-hmm. all I knew about it. And yeah, and I knew that the guy from Thunder Road was in it. Um, but that's all I knew. So it was kind of nice to go in blindly because I really like. It was a nice movie going experience. Like I, we should watch more new movies because like sometimes it's nice to not, to just have like an empty. Expectation. Like have no expectations and just watch something. Um I yeah. also watched Good Time finally this weekend and it wasn't bad. It was good. It's just like it's like a dirty, greasy movie about dirty, greasy people. Like I don't then- Rob Pattinson has never been so despicable. Um not awful. I don't know. He's not evil, but he just does all these like gross, nasty things that entire movie, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's like a nightmare. So and uh,
1: incidentally, I watched the Before Sunset Trilogy, which if you mm-hmm. like pretty people talking and walking around cities, that's right up your alley. So, <laughs> which that's is not what the really my are. cup of tea. <laughs> Although
0: I did rewatch, this is just a romance movie, I rewatched The Mirror Has Two Faces because it's on the Criterion Collection. It's a Barbara Streisand movie. If you haven't seen that and you just want to watch a romance movie, watch that one. It's real cute. It's based on a, a French play Um called like the mirror has two faces but like (laughs) it's like like literally literally the the it's like based on la mirror and i was like okay i'm not saying it right because i'm not reading it but um basically it's like i don't know what the play when when the play takes place but it's like these two columbia professors um enter into a companionship relationship Where the guy is, like, he always gets distracted when he is in a sexual relationship with people. So he just wants someone he can talk to and, like, get married to but not have sex. And she falls in love with him and wants to have sex. And he's like, no. And so, like, it's this whole, like, they love each other and they are sexually attracted but he's, like, afraid to have sex with her. So it's a very interesting film. I saw it in college. My friend Elizabeth recommended it, and I watched it several times. I think I own it somewhere. I have it on tape or TVD or something like that, but it hasn't been on streaming before. And I was like, Oh, I'll watch this. And it's Jeff Bridges and okay. Barbara Streisand. So Ooh. it's re- it's also, it's honestly very cute. And it's streaming on the Criterion Collection until the end of the month. So awesome. I'm trying to think what else I watched. I rewatched The Host. Yeah, and I don't think there was anything new I watched other than. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I know Brittany finally watched Erased, so... I did.
1: I did. I watched the entire series, and it was very good. It's actually very binge-worthy. It only took three hours to watch the entire thing. It really is. Well,
0: somebody else has been watching it, and they said they couldn't get into it that much, and I was like, damn it. Like, so, when you were like, I watched it all, I was like, yes, yes, someone else loves it, too. Also, I realized, so, Brittany and our, one of our other friends got me, um... The manga for my birthday and Christmas, but I only asked for three volumes and apparently there's four and I'm a moron. So because I was like flipping through the I was I got through the first two really quickly and then I was trying to take my time with the third one. And then um, said friend was like, isn't there is that the I thought there was another one. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, isn't there like another one? I was like, oh, shit. And so we looked up on Amazon. There's a fourth one. So now I have to go. I've never seen the fourth one in a store, so I'll have to go get it. So once I finish this one, I can finish it pretty quickly. Or I have to wait till my next birthday.
1: Yeah, no, Erase was amazing. I would love to talk about it more on the podcast. Yes. And I know we're officially going to get into char- No, characters now. Yes. Characters. Okay. Non-spoiler characters. Okay.
0: Okay, so do you? Want- I did write a little synopsis for some characters, unless you want to do it. But I thought no. I'd let you take the reins for the rest of it.
1: No, you you can do it. Um, you can do a little bit of the characters because I mainly, I wrote down maybe six. Um, I didn't get into non-spoiler victims or anything like that. So
0: I did write them down, but we don't have to talk about them until we get closer. Um, so we have Jim Cummings, of course, from Thunder Road, as John Marshall, a shakily recovering alcoholic officer who strives to follow his sheriff father's footsteps, but is spiraling out of control. Um, so he has anger issues, but he's going to AA and trying to deal with that. And he says, especially towards his ex-wife, who is a... and he goes, woof, like like the barking noise, not like W-O-L-F, like W-O-O-F. And yeah. um, he's trying to keep his inner demons in check, um, and he's very sarcastic, and he's kind of an asshole with a dry sense of humor. The, the weird thing about him is he's a smart cop. Like, he does figure things out, but it, like, takes him a minute, and... Um, he kind of, like, he wants to be sheriff, but he doesn't really, he doesn't really have the presence or the right mindset to be sheriff. But he's, like, really wants to be sheriff because his dad was sheriff, um, which I find interesting. And um, then we have Ricky Lindholm, who was in Under the Silver Lake. Yes. She was the, the, the fuck buddy of yep. the main character. And Knives Out, and she plays Detective Julia Robson. I loved her in this. I've seen her. She also has a comedy duo with um, Kate M- M- Minucci.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: M- I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. But she was in the show Raising Hope, and she, she's the girl that plays the ukulele in that. Um, yeah. She, really funny. It's called Garfunkel and Oats, So they have, like, a comedy musical duo. And they're really funny. So I've I've known about her for a while, but she just now started really making to me, movies. She was
1: like the she was like the standout to me in this movie.
0: She's so good. So yeah. she's this smart, sassy detective, but she really has honest she has honest feelings for John. Like she likes him, but she's being incredibly professional the whole time. And she handles the job so well. And she's one of those people that takes work home with her. Like you see her like eating ramen. And just devouring these crime scene photos that are horrific. Um, But she also is, like, she's very realistic about the bad parts of the job. But she's very feeling towards the victims and people involved with the crimes. And so she's really, like, she has a very good attitude. And she has empathy. And she's a lot more professional than John is. Um, And then we have Robert Forster, of course, as Sheriff Hadley. Which I thought was weird that his last... Is his last name Hadley or is his first yeah, name? Yeah, that's what...
1: I couldn't figure it out either. Because, yeah, they only list him as Sheriff Hadley. So, I didn't know if he had a different last name from John or not. Because that's the dad. same thing. Yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah. But um, he's
0: an older but dedicated uh, sheriff. And he's John's father and Jenna's grandfather. And he has some heart problems that he's keeping quiet from everybody else. Which isn't really a spoiler because it's at the beginning of it. And he's... Really old-fashioned, but not backwards, Yeah, I would say. He's, like, older, old-fashioned, but, like, not a backwards cop. He realizes that sometimes he needs to let other people do stuff. And then the last two, like, really important characters would be Chloe East, who has done nothing but, like, tween TV shows. So I'm guessing this is one of her first, like, serious films. As Jenna Marshall, so it's John's daughter. She's 17 years old. She's a gymnast. And she's heading to college early on a scholarship, and she's very accomplished, but between her parents' divorce and her dad's job and alcohol issues, she feels pretty abandoned and therefore is, like, one of those teens. She's, like, going through a phase where she just wants to act out. She also has a serious boyfriend named Brock. Mm-hmm. And then we have Will Madden, who was in Thunder Road and another movie that Jim Cummings helped produce and I've heard about but I haven't watched called Krista, uh, or Krista maybe, I can't remember how you pronounce it. As Paul Carnery. And um, he's a local taxidermist that you see a lot. And then we have our, like, minor characters that uh, we'll probably um, mention more. Um, But there's Annie Hamilton, Hannah Elder, Kelsey Edwards, Anna Sward, Skylar Bible, and Demetrius Daniels as some of the officers and other townspeople. And then the only one I really think people need to know is Jimmy Totaro. Yeah. Um, as P- PJ Palfrey, a really nice guy who sometimes loses his temper. And he brings his girlfriend, Brianne, to Snow Hollow for vacation with the intention of proposing. And maybe things don't go so well. Um, but he was in American Vandal. And it's like a mockumentary series about, yep. like, a, a, like I think like I, it's been a while since I watched it, but, like, somebody uh draws penises i think all over like cars or something and at high school and he, i think he's the guy that gets framed for it and he just has this i don't know he looks like he looks like a total like
1: dude dude
0: but like he seems like a genuinely pretty good actor so i thought he did a really good performance in this movie and i think that's really the only people we really need to you know
1: yeah mention at all, and do we need to get into spoilers? Oh, yeah, we are heading in okay. <laughs> spoil territory. So, three, two, recommend. Wait, one. wait, wait,
0: wait. Before, oh, yeah. do we recommend? Oh, yeah, okay, recommend. You
1: recommend. I
0: recommend. I will say, know that there is a dry sense of humor, and there's a lot of jarring editing cuts. When you watch it the second time, it makes a lot more sense. But just if you're going in knowing that it's a very dry sense of humor. It's going to be great. It's like going into Twin Peaks and knowing that it's making fun of, of soap operas. So you know why everyone's overacting. That's the one piece of advice I would give people. Because that was the only thing that threw me off the second time I watched it. Loved it. So, but I think this is a solid movie. And it's, it's an indie film. And I think it is like a bigger studio than... His last movie because Thunder Road was truly an indie film, he was like driving around in a van giving away DVDs. But this one actually got a release, so this I support some indie filmmakers and it's got a lot of like unknowns in it. And I love movies like that because I'm like, these feel like real people, not just actors,
1: yeah. And
0: um, yeah, so yeah, okay, okay,
1: Wait, now you can do your countdown. I'm sorry, okay, now you're good. So we are at three, two, one, spoiler territory. Spoilers, Please, if you have not watched this movie. Um, and you do not want uh, certain plot points to be ruined for you, please leave the podcast, put it on pause, and go rent the movie on Amazon Prime. Thank you. Yeah. So. Or
0: if you're listening to this two years from
1: now, watch it on HBO Max. Our,
0: or our Netflix,
1: our Hulu, our Netflix or Hulu or whatever it will be streaming on at that point. So You know,
0: we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Yeah, so uh, how, what do you want to talk about first, Brett? You want to talk about the plot? You want to talk yeah. about what we want to do? What do we want to do? Yeah,
1: let's let's go. So let's kind of, so we're not going to give like a truly, truly just every minute detail oriented plot, but I definitely want to kind of go down the storyline and touch on some key points uh, before we give some final ratings, I think. Um, so yeah, do you want to open us up with how the Wolf of Snow Hollow begins or would you like me to?
0: Sure. No, I think I'd be better doing the beginning than okay. the end because I get a little fuzzy towards the end. Um, even though I saw this movie twice, um, so we begin with a couple, uh, PJ and Breanne, and basically, uh, Breanne grew up in Snow Hollow, um, and she wants, she and her boyfriend, it sounds like they're from L.A. or something, or they're, they were from L.A., Um, they are going to the mountains for a romantic weekend together. They leave their chihuahua at home. And it seems like they're really cute. They, he's planning on proposing to her. You see him, like, get out a ring. They go to dinner at this bar. And they're eating dinner. They're, you know, you know, just with each other. And you hear a couple of local guys use the not-so-nice F word. um, Not fuck, the other one that I don't really like saying. And, um... PJ is like, hey, what the hell did you say? And he kind of, like, yells at them. Well, he doesn't yell at them, but he just kind of, like, gets into an altercation with them verbally. And there's, like, a really tall guy and a really short guy. So the shorter guy is kind of ruder and the taller guy is a little nicer. And they're just like, sorry, man, see you later. And then, like, Brianne's like, what the fuck? Why did you even say that to them? And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. It's just what if my brother is here? So obviously maybe he has a brother who is gay and does not, like, maybe that just triggers him, you know? And yeah, I mean, there are like, things, like, people who say certain things, like, trigger me a little bit, like, just because, like, I have personal experiences, you know? Yeah. So he's like, I know, I shouldn't have done it. So he's not, like, a violent dude. He's just, like, a guy that sometimes loses his temper. So they go ha- they go back to their cabin, they get in the hot tub, and he's like, okay, well, I'll see you inside. And he's about to propose to her, and... He goes out to go find her, and she has been completely mutilated. And the worst part is that, for some reason, whoever killed her cut out her lady parts. Yeah. All of them, apparently. Yeah. And it's just really sad. And I, I do like that they establish that there's no knives in the cabin, and there's no weapon of any sort in the cabin. So he's, he's they do it in a really good way, because he's trying to find a corkscrew or a knife or something to open up the wine bottle and he can't find anything anywhere. There's no knives, there's no weapons, anything. So there's obviously can't be him. Yeah. So, they like, they, they do have several suspects throughout the movie that rotate, but they're very clear that it was not him, so we don't need to worry about him. Because that's usually, like, who people suspect is, like, the significant other. Yeah. But um, Yeah, so then you just kind of hear him, hear his 911 call over this really beautiful shot of the moon in a wolf paw print filled with blood which yeah. was a really cool visual um, and then we find we meet all of our sheriffs and our sheriff office what do you call them sheriff's deputies yeah um, I think they, they call they them like sheriff diffuse. yeah as they come to uh, view the scene so I guess yeah so that's how it opens I think it's a cool opener
1: you kind of get to yeah. know these characters
0: everyone's pretty fleshed out in this movie I will say
1: yeah, and I would agree with that, too. Um, so it's like, so, and then the next scene you see is literally uh, John at a AA meeting. And so you have, yes. like, these very quick beats that, like, establish who he is. So it's like, and I have to be honest, Jim Cummings, I'm not insulting him as an actor. Jim Cummings, if you listen to this, I'm not insulting you as an actor. But his particular acting style took a minute for me to kind of wrap my head around. Because yeah. he's a very dry person um and you yes. do not see those kind of characters in movies too often the way he acts the way he um shapes his character and when i was listening to interviews uh <laughs> i don't know if he realizes he sounds like this but he's very much a uh, stick it to the man type person cuz there was mm-hmm. a few scenes in the movie they had to reshot and um It was supposedly the studio was like, you know, we want you to reshoot these scenes, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, the audiences will love these scenes. Like, audiences are smart. So he's not like, he's not one of those, he's one of those actors that likes to do what he wants to do and wants to direct the story he wants to direct. So he's not out, he's not out to please studios. He's out to please himself and uh, this type of audience that he's shooting for, an audience he considers a smart audience. So... Um, and I guess it paid off because it seems like a lot of people do like this movie. Um, yes. But you you get this character established pretty quickly. He's an alcoholic. Um, he He's a divorcee. He has a daughter. Um, his father's the sheriff. Like, his father's elderly. is not in the best of health. We don't know exactly what. Until later on, we don't know exactly what's wrong with Dad. But we know Dad. There's something wrong with Dad. Dad's getting kind of winded very easily. And there's this case of a lifetime. That's kind of given to him because, you know, it's like the girl's mutilated. These kind of events, these kind of murders do not happen in Snow Hollow. So it's like you have somebody who maybe, if there was somebody who wasn't going through a fucking time in their life, would handle this case and it would be like an incredible case to take on. But instead, right. it lands in the lap of somebody who is going for the ringer in their personal life. Yes. So, yes. Um, and I do kind of like the way that story set up. And also, So as, like, the cops are around the scene and stuff, they're not really handling the crime scene very well. There's forensics there, but then there's, like, the cops who are like, oh, we told them that there was a chemical spill. And so they're not all on the same page, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: so. That was fucking up. Like, I was like, that's like when you're, if you've ever worked in customer service, because I have, and you're trying to, like, quote-unquote follow the rules, and you tell a, a client exactly what you're supposed to tell them, and you're like, yeah, I'm really sorry, like, this is the policy, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay. And then somebody else comes behind you and is like, we don't have to fucking do that. And you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, we all need to be on the same fucking page. And you're like, I don't want to be the bad guy. I'm told that this is what I need to do. So, like, I've had that experience and I hate it. So, like, when Ricky Lindholm's character is like, what the fuck, man? I was like, yep, been there, done that. At least I don't work for the police, though, so yeah, it's a lot easier. <laughs>
1: Well, they we kind of, and that's where you know, it's one of those things are just like, yeah, we think this is an animal, the way she was mauled. And I think even from the beginning, uh, John is like, mm, he doesn't believe it's an animal. No. Like, he just does not no. see it as an animal. Well, then we have another night. Another young woman, um, she's leaving her job, and she's going in, like, to, on again, off against boyfriend's house, and she's attacking the parking lot. And this movie isn't really scary, um, but it's violent. And so, in this scene, the woman, you actually do see the werewolf, and it's really you cool. Do. Yeah, it's really cool, because this is, this is like a, um, practical effects werewolf, so, which I thought was really awesome.
0: Yeah, there it is practical effect, and I really liked, like, okay, the weird thing about the werewolf, though, is sometimes it looks really good, and sometimes it doesn't look so good. Like, yeah. there's a couple instances where I was like, that looks really fake, but then, like, the next scene, it was like, oh, no, it looks good, and I couldn't, I think maybe because it is practical, and I think when you get to the end of the movie, you understand why, because... Yeah. It actually is practical in the movie sense, too. Well, we're already in spoilers. So, like, it is practical in the movie sense. And I kind of liked that. That it, like, that is what they're filming. And I think that was really cool.
1: Yeah. And I agree with that. But there, in this scene, in the second murder, you actually see the woman's arm get ripped off. So, I'm like, okay. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this isn't, like, a scary movie. Like, I didn't jump one time during this movie. But I I did go, ooh, Like, you know, like, it's a little graphic. Okay. There was
0: one part, nothing really graphic hit me, but the third victim, which I don't know if we want to go into this yet. Okay, wait, I guess we need to go into all of them first, because I really want to tell the story about, um, I'm going to write down what I was going to say, but I'll say it later. But, um, so there's, so you've got all, we kind of already talked about what was going on with the sheriff, like, Mm -hmm. so John is a recovering alcoholic he says he's been in the program for six years but been sober for three so it's about time for him to have a
1: another relapse a
0: a relapse so um not saying everybody has a relapse when they're in aa but a lot of people do um and that's normal, I think. It, nothing's perfect, and you're just human, and you just got to work through it. But so he's about to have a relapse, and he's stressed out about his daughter going to college and the murders and all this stuff. And his dad is like, oh, I just have, like, a bit of a heart. He's like, I feel like I've been having a heart attack. And he was like, what do you mean you've been having a heart attack? He's like, I mean, since, like, August, I feel like I was having a heart attack. He's like, what the fuck? And yeah. he's just like, is there, it's a very funny line, the way it's delivered. I think it was one of the first parts I really, really laughed at. Um, cause the, the deadpan delivering of the lines, which I started getting more into it as you get further into it. Um, so then we have this, so they're like, well, you know, that was on a full moon. So he's got this one officer, Officer Chavez, who's just convinced it must be a werewolf. He's like a conspiracy theory nut. And, um, they, the second victim is this really nice ski instructor. And I thought this was so cool. They did this with her and the third victim where when you and they kind of did it with the first victims but you just didn't realize it until yeah. later cuz the way they filmed them is like a person watching them and at first i thought they had a really shitty camera angle for her first scene because she's talking to all these kids as a ski instructor or a snowboard instructor really and you don't see any of the kids and it was like what is that's a weird camera angle you didn't see who she was talking to and at first i was like maybe they didn't have budget yeah but you can hear the kids talking on it like off camera so it was like well, that was weird. And then, like, you figure out, like, I figured out with, like, the second victim, like, oh, I don't think I figured out. I think, I think our, my friend that I was watching with figured out before me. They're like, oh, it's the killer's point of view. I was like, oh, it's like Black Christmas. Oh. So they filmed the victims prior to them being murdered. Like, the stalking murderer is watching them. And it's so creepy because, like, I think the best part was this the snowboard instructor, she's eating dinner, in the, like, the cabin, and she just, like, kind of gets this, like, she looks straight at the camera and then, like, feels really creeped out, and you can just tell she's super uncomfortable and she starts looking around and trying to, like, get back into the normal conversation. Yeah. So, I thought that was a really cool aspect of filming. And the cinematography, yeah. by the way, is gorgeous.
1: It is. Baby. Oh, it's beautiful. It's snowy, and it's, like, the way it's filmed, you feel the cold, almost, in your bones. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. That's um, why I
0: wore my best flannel and I my little winter hat to film, but... I took my hat off for a second. I was trying to be a real hipster, skier.
1: <sighs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, and of course, like, after the second murder, the pressure mounts even more. And there's some interesting things that, like, with the second murder, uh, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really see the ending coming, but there was a little bit of hints dropped in there, and one of it was, yes. um, it's like the victim managed to grab a lot of hair and it matched a bunch of animals, but mostly gray wolf. And then the other thing they said- oh, uh, you know, we've seen bite marks on the victim, but there's no saliva. And I'm like, okay, those things come back on why that makes sense, why there would be multiple animal furs and while There was no saliva, even though there was bite marks. So pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so the pressure starts mounting uh, for them to catch this, this, whoever this is, this werewolf, this person. Meanwhile, John Marshall's is getting kind of irate because more of his sheriff people are like, oh, or his, more of his... Um, his officers are starting to think, yeah, this is this could be a werewolf. This could be a werewolf, and they're like, and then of course, um, of course, Officer Julia is like, no, it's more than likely an animal. And then you know, Officer Marshall, Officer John is the only one that's like, no, this is a man. This is a man. So then we get to this this lady and her daughter. They're sitting in a diner. Um, the camera's pointing at them, but you hear a guy talking to the him to them and he's kind of asking a lot of personal questions for someone he doesn't mm-hmm. know and she naturally gets freaked the fuck out um yes and goes to the police and she's not the only one that goes to the police though there's all kinds of town people who think they may know who the killer is um i feel like at this point you may see a man outside his trailer too and have they started showing yes. cuts of the man okay i yeah. think
0: that happens there's this guy in his trailer and he is a wolf-like dog. And it's probably not actually a wolf, but it's, like, one of those dogs that's, like, mixed breed with wolves. Like, you know, like... Because it's illegal to own, like, an actual like a wolf. Malamute? Yeah. Yeah, like a Malamute. But, like, there are a lot of, like, wild dog breeds out there. Anyways, I don't know. I really like dogs, and I really like uh, rescue organizations. So, like, sometimes there's some with, like, wolves. And anyways, so he's got, like, a wolf-like dog, and he's just real sketchy and creepy, and he's kind of tall. And um, you keep seeing him. So the second victim liz she has a three-year-old and this was the part that got me because third victim yeah third did i say third victim or second second. yeah i'm sorry the third Third. victim liz has a like a three-year-old daughter and she immediately does the right thing because she feels unsafe and she calls the police and then the guy's gone so she can't really tell them no one saw his car either because he parks in the back and like I was so scared for her because okay, so she she's driving down the road after she's told the police and they've interviewed all these people, um, including like this taxidermist and there's like a uh, there's like a, a lady of ill repute, a sex worker who's apparently not a sex worker anymore. And there's some guy who's just like, I don't know where Gary gets all the meat. So it's pretty funny. It's just like a lot of random people from the town getting interviewed. But she you know she goes back and she's driving her daughter, home and there's a dead deer in the road with a handprint on the deer and i'm like okay i haven't lived somewhere where deer are just dead on the ground like there are deer in the south but they're not as prevalent as i think they are up north anymore and so i don't see them all the time and certainly not dead on the road in the middle of the road uh but instead of like just driving around it she gets out and i was like honey no don't get out of the car And then she hears something, so she gets her gun out of her glove box. I was like, okay, good, at least you have a gun. But then she still gets out, back out again, and um, she sees the wolf going into her car, and she starts shooting. And then she throws the gun away when it's out of bullets, instead of, like, at least throwing... She didn't... Okay, so, like, I don't know if you guys watched The Mandalorian, but it's really good. And the second season, there's this theme in all the fight sequences that people will be shooting their blasters, and they'll run out of juice, and they'll just throw the gun at whoever they're fighting uh, just pull a mandalorian girl at least at least hit him in the head you could get his temple if you're lucky um but so she ends up getting murdered and that was really sad but the worst part and this is the part that got me and the person i was watching it with was like so they're like you're like obviously the mom's dead but then you see a little baby coffin so the three-year-old is also dead and that fucking like i was like oh ah! No! It was so not okay. But I like that the... Okay, the first time I watched this, this was the part where the editing got me. Where I was like, what the fuck is going on? But John is slowly spiraling back into abusing alcohol and just losing his gosh darn mind. And um, I love this because, like, they edit it where, like, everything's out of order and, like, just discombobulated. But it makes sense because he really is losing his mind right now. So...
1: Anyways, yeah, and a lot of people actually, um, and I thought this was really interesting when you look at, like, when you bring the camera back and think about this story, it's a werewolf story, and I kept thinking, like, is there going to be a cop-out where, like, I thought Officer Marshall may actually be the werewolf and he wasn't remembering, and I was like, is it something like this? Yes, that's what I thought, too. They set it up where it could be that yeah and then it's like well no because the cycle of alcoholism is very similar to like a werewolf cycle because it's like you have this person who's like a a person who's able to get by in everyday life and live pretty normally and then there's just like this kind of over time what am i trying to say it's like they have that so for for john it's almost like a werewolf cycle is that Like, Mm -hmm. he's an upstanding person, and then almost, like, alcoholism is, like, his werewolf. It's, like, he he turns into somebody he's really not. Yes, he's, like, fighting his
0: inner monsters. I think he even has a monologue about that at some point.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, but the pressure... So, but John, and I actually really, really like this scene. So, John is, like getting blackout drunk and he actually falls on top of his own um oven and shatters the door which was it oh my god yeah i don't know how they filmed that scene but it was incredible i don't
0: know but i had a friend (laughs) this is okay this is a funny story time uh i'm not gonna say anyone's name because i'm not embarrassing them but there was a cast party in college that i went to and i had a little too much to drink a friend drove me home i did not drink and drive um but i went home and decided I wouldn't take a bath, and so I turned on the bathtub. Promptly fell asleep. Woke up and my bathroom was flooded. That Aww. was fun. I go to my I go tell the story to a friend the next day, and he goes, "Oh my god, no, that's nothing." I got home, decided to make enchiladas, burned them, and then fell into the oven and burned myself trying to get them out. So like every time I saw that, I just thought of my friend falling into the oven. Aww. He's okay but it was like i was like okay i don't feel as bad so we both did something really stupid um don't don't drink and make i mean don't drink and make enchiladas guys like exactly. or take a bath like why did i want i don't know why so yeah that was sorry that's a story time but that is like like when you are that out of control with any kind of alcohol drug abuse emotional abuse like any of that can just take a toll on you and he's also trying to be a dad, but he's not really doing a very good job
1: Yeah, of and, it. Sorry. And I think that's the thing. So we have this scene of his daughter, Jenna. Uh, there's a curfew, and she decides she's going to sneak out and uh, make out, maybe potentially do other things with her boyfriend. They're in a the car. Things are getting a little hot and heavy, and the werewolf literally attacks him. And uh, John does come yes. to the rescue, but he doesn't, as Jenna points out, he doesn't even ask if his child's okay. He basically yells at her for being out and then runs off. Um, one of the officers are, have has died. Um, and Officer are...
0: Gutierrez, who was pretty funny. Yeah. And pretty nice to everybody. Yeah. Although he and John had an altercation beforehand, so it set him up again to maybe be the murderer, but also... He actually sees the wolf and shoots at him when he sees him. I love the scene between him and his daughter because she's like, I fucking hit the back of my head. Take me to the fucking hospital. You've been a fucking shit dad. And I was like, yep. Yeah, he has. You tell him, girl. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, but you were supposed to be under curfew. And I was like, I mean, that's also a good point. So they both, they both yell at each other. But, you know, you get it.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean yeah and i can't remember if it's like directly after this scene or if this scene was directly before i think before this scene uh john decides he's like okay i'm gonna look into everything to do with werewolves and i there's a great scene where he's talking about like oh you know the werewolf myth actually extended that people <laughs> they thought people were attacking because there was enough moonlight to see someone you could sneak up on them and he's like yeah You think women have always dealt with this kind of stuff? And, like, Officer Julia just, like, has the perfect (laughs) look on her face. Her fucking deadpan face. I love it
0: so, so much. That's my favorite line of the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ironically, I was listening to Jensen and Holes, The Murder Squad, and they said the same thing about, like, yeah, a lot of times, I was like, I wonder if they watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow (laughs) recently. Um but, yeah, that's... Yeah, I was like, yeah. But that is why people made up myths about werewolves and things is because they were like, a person couldn't have done this. But, you know, of course, they did, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So. And it's really sad. Um, I figure I'll let you take over because I feel like I'm... I'm a Uh-oh. little bad. I'm taking sequence out of events a little bit. Or I'm taking the events out sequence. Nah, it's
0: cool. We just need to hit the key points. But, yeah, yeah so... We've seen the wolf. We know that it's real, but we're not really sure how much of a wolf it is. Um, and they do go back and talk to PJ, the first victim's um, not quite fiancé, but almost yeah. fiancé. And he's just really upset, and he kind of tells them, like, yeah. Like, he's like, I don't know what the fuck you guys want from me. And then eventually they start bringing back – oh, so then – Oh, what happens? I can't remember. They
1: find oh. the guy. The guy. Oh, has oh! A but dr- first, overdose. but
0: first, but first, but first. Yeah, he has a drug overdose. The 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 guy in the trailer has a drug overdose. Oh, and you saw him burning a naked woman's body. Yeah. So you know. Um. But when he's his, so the daughter and the grandfather are both in the hospital because he starts having heart problems again. The grandfather does. So he goes to the hospital, and the daughter's there and he john asks his daughter like where was your boyfriend brock because he wasn't anywhere to be found oh
1: yeah and
0: he figures out that he left and he goes and it's a great scene you just see the boyfriend sleeping in his bed and you hear all this commotion his mom like what are you doing in my house what are you doing in my house and uh john has like a sheet over his face so you can't really tell who he is and he just comes and starts like Beating up Brock. And then she pepper sprays both of them. And when she realizes it's uh, Jenna's dad, she's like, what the fuck did you do to that girl? And I was like, oh, yes, mother of the year. Thank God. Like, you hold your son accountable. Because, yeah, he left his fucking girlfriend, who didn't even have any pants on. Yeah. Like, he could have at least helped her put some pants on first. He left her like a fucking dick. So then when he comes back, pepper sprayed face and all... This is a great scene because he comes back. He's like, hey, sweetie, how's your head? And she's like, no, dad. And that you they pan, and behind him, the bed that his dad was in is now empty. Yeah. And she's just like, where have you been? And his dad has passed away. And so that – he really starts drinking. He gets super drunk, and there's this really nice lady named Carla who works at the front desk of the sheriff's office, and she's like, honey, you parked in the middle of the road. And she, he's like, "Are you, you want me to move it? She's like, I'm not going to let you move it. And, um, yeah, it's really sad. So he really spirals down. And then Jenna comes home. And he is just drop-dead drunk in the living room. He's wearing his dad's old belt with his gun. And he's just like, cannot stop drinking. And this is the only scene, if I'm going to complain about acting, it was fine at first. But for some reason, they made the girl playing Jenna, like, cry. Quote, unquote, cry. Like, when she's telling him that you're scaring me and all this stuff. But it's really fakey crying. And I was like, why didn't you just let her say it, like, just upset? Because she's like, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's really not, it's not convincing at all. And it kind of breaks the seriousness of the movie. And I was kind of like, this is one of those things when you're a writer, director, actor, sometimes things slip through the cracks. And I think... Some of the deadpan didn't hit right. And I think some of this acting stuff didn't hit right because he was doing everything. But it's also one of those, the character that he's written is so specific. I don't know if you could tell another actor to do that. Yeah. Or maybe it's that. Maybe he just doesn't feel like anyone else would get it. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, because generally I really like this movie. But those are kind of a few things that I just kind of didn't love. Yeah. Um... But she kind of is like, you need to get sober. But he's still drinking. And I think it's really finally, when they find the guy, quote unquote, the guy in the trailer, they're like, everything matches. This is the guy. And he's like, I can't believe I didn't catch him. And Officer Robson is um, driving him to go take, driving him to his car because he has to go take all the evidence back to people that they've been using, Um, which I guess because the murderer dead they give it back because i would think they would want to keep it as evidence but i guess if the murderer is dead they don't feel like they need to keep it and um it's really painful he has to go to like every single person and just be like hey i just have to get you to sign that we gave you this back the worst part is they go to liz's house and like her, her mom like spits on him and then like he throws the stuff that's really sad but they finally go to pj's house and drop some stuff off and he's kind of like if you do catch the guy, I don't know if it was this point. Yeah, no, you know? this was
1: before. Because they were returning things to PJ before because they, they ruled him out completely. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 As I, was like, I
0: was like, I feel like the timing's off. But, yeah, yeah, at some point they give it back to PJ and he's like, if you ever see that guy, you shoot him through the face. So he goes to one last person to return stuff. And it's the taxidermist. And at the same time, PJ calls Dr. Robson because she was like, listen, you're going through a hard time. If you ever need anything, here's my card. If you ever think of anything, here's my card. And he calls her and he's like, hey, so you left something here that wasn't in our stuff and it's the seam ripper. And it's this really old-fashioned. And you do see it in some books and stuff. So there's some there's some foreshadowing here. There's a lot of foreshadowing the second time you watch it. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, So at the same time, John is going to... Paul Carnery's house, and um, he's a taxidermist, and um, he's being real weird. Yeah. He's like, and I was getting End of Silence of the Lambs vibes, like when Officer Starling um, shows up to Buffalo Bill's house, and she's like, hey, I just have to ask you a couple questions, and he's like, yeah, come on in. I don't do a very good uh, Buffalo Bill impersonation, but... Well, there's. Fuck, well, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> there's,
1: like, there's like a few different hits. So like John is sitting there like with a cup of coffee and he says, you know, how's your wife? And he's like, oh, I'm not married. And if you go back to the beginning of the movie. Yes. He literally Yeah, he literally he, is like. He keeps what the
0: saying I have my wife. I have to call my wife.
1: Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is my wife's going to do about all this? And then he asks John how his daughter is. Because who would, how would anyone know about John's daughter possibly being hurt? He asked John how his daughter right. is, too. So, at this point, I think John is kind of, like, thinking something's off. But he doesn't know for sure. Um, right. So, he actually, he he leaves, comes back. And then he goes, hey, because um, the guy kind of hunches over. And he's like, hey, can you st- stand up for to your full height for me? And he does, and that's when you're just, like, and you just, I mean, you just know. Because he's, like, so tall. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, like, almost seven feet tall. And oh, John's, God, like, yes. yeah. And then that's, like, how the fight, the struggle starts happening.
0: Yeah. And he stabs John in the fucking stomach. And, and, and Officer Robson knows who it is before, and she's on her way over. um. So it's, like, a whole, like, you know, race in time, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it's great, and, like, he fucking stabs him, and then lifts him up, and then Officer Robson comes by, so then he runs out the door, and while John is, like, grappling to get his gun, uh, you see him put on the fucking wolf suit, and you're like, oh my god, it was a real suit, that's, okay, that's why he has wolf claws, it's because he's wearing a wolf suit, oh my fucking god, so he is a werewolf. But he's not a real werewolf. He just puts on a suit. Oh my god, it all makes sense. And that's why it looked kind of fake in some scenes. Because it really was a suit. I just find that very good.
1: And, and... I like... Well, I love, like, literally John's reaction. Like, one of my favorite parts of acting in the whole <laughs> movie... Is literally he fucking roars at him and this yes! of like oh my god because it's one thing to be dealing with a, were- a werewolf it's another thing to be dealing with a man who literally thinks he's a werewolf
0: yes and also like, you see yes. a head in there and I I think maybe he killed his wife
1: no no um the second victim's head the ski instructor they never found her head I know
0: but where did his wife go because he kept talking about his wife I think he I never he had his a wife. wife. No, him. he said she couldn't hack it. I think oh. he killed her.
1: Oh. the first Which maybe one. she yes. was the ski
0: instructor. Oh. I don't know. I don't think so, but no. I think he killed his wife. That's why I'm not sure if the oh. head is supposed to be the ski instructor's head oh. or his wife's head. It makes
1: sense that he killed his wife cuz he said she couldn't hack it. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then- I got that
0: like literally last night like this sec- or the whenever I rewatched it. I was like, "Oh."
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And it's like this beautiful snowy battle, and uh, so it's during New Year. So like, and it's funny because yes. I, I watched this the day after New Year, so it was like all uh-huh. late song is playing, and uh, and he it's very it's, it's beautiful, like it's absolutely beautiful. Um, because mm-hmm. once again, it's alluding to the you can see people lighted by the light. You can see people light by the moon, and that's how mm-hmm. like he comes up and he sneaks behind John and stabs him again. Is yeah, yeah, because of the moonlight but then officer Julia shoots him and then when yes. she has him down John shoots him again and again and again ahead so you can't you can't see through his head in the snow so yes just yeah. like
0: PJ asked him to yeah. yeah i love it it's a great and i it i was getting some fargo vibes mm-hmm. and some napoleon dynamite vibes and just some like twin peaksy vibes and i just love like uh, officer robson is just a badass bitch and then you know it kind of like tricks you into thinking that maybe he's dead like because it's like white light and i actually was like oh my god is he dead and <laughs> the first i was watching with was like i think they're trying to trick you i was like i think you're right man i felt yeah so then you have um you see the daughter um getting ready for college and officer robson robson's there moving her and she's like yeah my mom can't make it and then she like punches a moving box which i mean who hasn't done that and um, she just uh, is like, "Oh, I know it's it's just a lot of stuff." And like you're like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And Officer Robson um, is now sheriff, as she should be. Yeah. She is definitely the better person for the job. Oh yeah, and you see, John is just in like normal clothes, being a dad, and he's okay, and he's helping her move into college. And he's like, "Hey, uh, we don't have to talk about it, but I love you." And that that thing that I left some things in your top drawer for protection and you see she picks up condoms and she's like oh god gross nasty but then she looks in her drawer and she's like what the fuck and you see that he's tightening his belt so he's left her his dad's firearm for protection and i was like oh that's so cute i mean i don't know if legally you can have a firearm in a dorm a lot of dorms don't let that no but as long as she knows how to properly use it more power to you girl yeah um also, obviously, she has terrible taste in men, so <laughs> she yeah. definitely needs to protect herself. And then you see him, like, like walk down the stairs in front of the dorm, and he overhears some dudes, like, saying shit about the gymnastics team and how hot they are and fresh meat, but he just, like, takes a breath and moves on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, he's finally figured it out. And obviously, he and Officer Robson are a thing. Obviously. So. It's cute. I like it. It's cute, and it's a little gory, um, but not too crazy gory. And I really like it.
1: Yeah. I liked it too. It's definitely one of those movies. I think it had a very... And I thought that was interesting. You probably came across this interview too. He said the initial struggle was that studios were like, this is... They loved it. They loved the screenplay. But they were like, they loved it in screenplay format. And they loved it in podcast format. But they didn't think this would work in a video format. So this movie was like the little movie hmm. that could... Um they didn't know, like, if it was ever going to work out as a film. And so that's why he had to rewrite some things. And he he said, like, he was, like, in it. Like, he... He was upset that he had to rewrite some things. But at the same time, he was like, I wanted this movie to be made. And so, he was like, I had a week and a half of hell where I had to rewrite certain things over and over to see if I could make them work. But he goes, I think I made them work. And he goes, I was really happy with the final product. Um,
0: yeah. But, yeah,
1: it's, it is a very smart screenplay. And I feel like there was a lot of good acting in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of
0: really great parts. I think we talked about most of them. Um... Yeah, I think we really did talk about all of it. And there's a lot of, like, interesting things explored, like, alcoholism, familial relationships, pressures of work, and, like, even, like, police issues. Like, a couple times we were like, this is why people don't trust the police and stuff. And, I mean, like, they don't do it in, like, a overly in-your-face way. It's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, I mean, sometimes police are human, too. Obviously, yeah. they make mistakes. And even people with the best intentions can fuck up. And it's especially hard when you fuck up when you, like, got, like, fucking, like, people's lives on the line and stuff. And, you know, um, I do love that if you pay attention, the killer's in the beginning, but he's only in the periphery. So if you blink, you could miss him. Which, the first time I watched him, I I remember his character, but I didn't make, like, I remembered his character's individual scenes, but I didn't link all of them together. Um, until I watched it the second time, I was like, oh my god, it's the same fucking dude. Um, and I, you know, I just really like that because that happens with a lot of serial killers where they're kind of like on the periphery, like the Golden State Killer, they're like, we know it's probably a cop, we know they live here, but they just couldn't find out who it was because he was so good at hiding his identity until they could get DNA. Um, and I do like that there was a lot of research that went into, like, the statistics and the circumstances around serial killers. Because most serial killing victims, unfortunately, are women. Yeah. Um, most killers kill the gender that they are attracted to. Um, so, like, if you're heterosexual, you're going to kill the opposite sex. If you're homosexual, you're going to kill the same sex. Um, generally speaking, um, which is just, like, a thing. So a lot, and a lot of serial killers are men. So that's why more women tend to be victims than men. Um, And then most serial killers kill within their own race too. So you notice like, you know, you could, there were some people like they couldn't have been suspects. I mean, I guess you could, but like, it's real factual stuff. That's stuff that I've heard from a lot of true crime stuff. Yeah. So it is factual information. He's like, so we weren't doing it because it was in the script. We did research in that. Influence the script. And I thought that I liked that they did a lot of research to it. Um, I think really the only things that I said was like sometimes. Oh, and this was the friend I watched this with. um, Pointed this out. And they were like, sometimes the humor level, like the, the intensity level, hits 10 really fast. And that's like, no, I'm sorry, Jim Cummings. Like, it's fine. I know that he's like an alcoholic and he's going through a tough time. But sometimes he immediately starts screaming at people like, from the get-go, and there's nowhere else for the scene to go, and I wish that maybe he had risen that action a little slower. Like, I was like, yeah, I think that's what was throwing me off, was, like, a scene would start, and one thing
1: would piss him off, and he'd just start screaming, and I was like, okay? Okay, I okay but too as much, too fast. I will argue against that point only as someone with mental illness. Um, I did that today, actually. So I was f- frustrated with something all day, and then um, my mom was trying to fix me a plate at dinner, which is very sweet. She was trying to be helpful, but I'm like, Mom, I'm trying to cut my portions in half. And she's fixing his plate, and she literally, I watched her. I was like, Mom, please stop, please stop, please fucking stop. It's like because she kept putting gravy. On mashed potatoes, like, six times. Oh. So, I, and, it's it doesn't, so, logically, what you're thinking as a viewer, like, yeah, maybe that makes sense, but for someone who's accurately portraying a character who's very frustrated, who's maybe on the edge of breaking, one little thing can set you off. That is legitimate. True. So. Yeah. But I was just saying
0: more from, like, a directing standpoint. Like, yeah. a theatrical standpoint. Yeah. I think it's, it's, like, kind of a, like, it's just from acting standpoint. So, maybe he was trying to be more accurate than entertaining. And that's fine. Yeah. But that was like I was kind of like why why is he getting so mad so fast? But also he Because
1: you gotta think at this point it's multiple instances where his coworkers are incompetent and they keep doing it over and over again. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, that's a thing. Like it's there's nothing more frustrating than people being like incompetent over and, and, that, and right, not and like saying,
1: messing up one time but like keep messing up over and over again. Yeah, and, and then they said something in front of the, the news people of like trying to be filling in his father's yeah. shoes. Like Okay. Yeah. That's the way I saw it. So
0: But that's fine. As I was like I was like those are probably the only things that I kind of didn't like and then like I think they should have let like the girl playing Jenna Chloe East just not try to cry cuz it's not her <laughs> forte and that's okay. Crying is really hard. And like if you can't do it don't make the actors do it. I think in my crying opinion.
1: can be hard too in such high-stakes situations because there's a there's a moment I think of um when I love hereditary, you love hereditary. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone loves mm-hmm. hereditary. Um but I saw it in the theaters and with the séance scene after mm-hmm. uh Annie uh performs the séance and Peter gets freaked the fuck out, he starts bawling. A lot of people laughed during that scene in the theater. I remember it as clear Aww. as day. And I think it's, like, it's very hard um, to do crying scenes in high-stakes situations in horror films. That's that's just my personal opinion. Because I feel like every time seen a, I see a crying scene in a scary movie, it it just kind of can take me out of it a little bit, honestly. True. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know. Like, it's not her fault. Yeah. I just feel like she was directed to cry. And I was like, but if she can't do it, just don't worry about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's minor stuff. It was minor stuff. Generally speaking, um, this was a really, really solid movie. Yeah. And I don't know if I've seen a solid, such a solid movie in such a long time. You know? Yeah. So, it was nice. It was nice. It was a good, I'm glad you picked it. Thank you. It was a nice little surprise for me, too, I think. Yeah, I really liked it. And I think, I think more people should watch it. I think... I think Jim Cummings is a director to look for. I would like to see a movie where he's not in it. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I just want to, like, see him, like, what is he like when he's only the director? I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, Or maybe a more minor part. Because I do feel like maybe the little things that I found a little jarring maybe wouldn't be as present if he wasn't having his hands in so many baskets. Yeah. It's not that he's not untalented at any of those. He's obviously a great director and a great writer, And a really good actor. I just feel like sometimes when you're spreading yourself that thin, sometimes you you can let, like, perfect be the enemy of good. And, like, you can just, like, not be able to fulfill what you could. So I'm just curious. Because, like, I don't think, I don't know of anything he's done where he hasn't been the lead. Which I'm sure he's done plenty of small films before this. Because this is not someone who's never done film before. Just, we don't know about it yet because... It hasn't been around that often, so yeah. But I think I think I think it's a good movie, and I think people should definitely watch it. Um, do we have ratings for it?
1: You know what? I can't believe I did forget the rating.
0: <laughs> what about like what about out of ten?
1: I I would have to give this a seven out of ten. I think.
0: Okay, I would say I would say a solid six point. Uh, maybe I'll say a seven. I was gonna say six, but definitely a seven. This yeah. is solid. The performances are solid. Robert Forster. He doesn't have a lot of scenes, but it's nice to see him in it. And, um, Ricky Lindholm is fantastic. Yes, Um, I love her. I want her to do more stuff. I'm so glad she has a lead because it was nice to see her in Under the Silver Lake, but I'm glad she's getting bigger parts because she's, she's a very good actress. And she's, it's very Fargo. She's, she very much reminds me of, um, the main character in Fargo. So I think, the movie, um, so I think, yeah, I think she's really great. I did write a couple. Okay, ratings Mm -hmm. um one was rated s for ski slopes and skeevy stalkers and um this one is stupid but rated w for where are the werewolves (laughs) where have (laughs) all the werewolves gone (laughs) (laughs) um but i think my favorite one and i just thought of it before we started recording was rated m for misogynistic monsters and missing lady parts
1: i like that yeah
0: yeah no. um which is unfortunate I, I do love that they kept asking but why did he want them like I don't fucking know like that's the thing like I ask about serial killers I'm like why would you steal someone's dick I don't fucking know but I did um I didn't but um <laughs> I didn't steal anyone's dick I have no
1: that's good I'm okay. glad I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, it would be fine if I did. I'm just not to steal someone. I'm glad there's no hidden penis trophies in your house. (laughs) 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 So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are not condoning penis violence. Yeah, please God, okay, no. Y'all. It's
1: like someone's going to listen to us and get the idea, and we're just like, you know, it's like blaming video games for the violence just because we say yeah. something. We don't expect you to go out and no. get some penis trophies. Like
0: genital violence is never funny, except when someone gets kicked in the balls. Yeah, and it's hilarious.
1: It's oh, it's or yeah.
0: or the or the cut punch. That's fine too. Like it's as long as they deserve it, it's yeah. funny. You know, like I, you know, I've told the story a couple people. Somebody tried to sexually assault me in freshman year of college. I kicked him in the balls and ran away. I have no regrets about that. If I, if I tell you no until you get the fuck off of me, get the fuck off of me or get your balls kicked. That's what they're there for, ladies. Yes. Like, sorry. Although, my favorite murderer had an interesting proposal that instead of kicking in the balls, headbutt them. But apparently you gotta go for the nose. Yeah. Because cause it hurts if you actually headbutt them on their forehead. You hit them on the nose. I've never tried it. I've never had to headbutt someone. Kicking people in the balls has worked pretty well for me, guys. Yeah. So. It's really, just don't get. Yeah. yeah. Try to try to not, you know, let yourself be inebriated with people you don't trust is yeah. the lesson I learned. I know it's hard in college because you want to experiment and you think people are cool people suck yeah so don't ever like just hang out with somebody you literally just fucking met and be like it's okay to be alone with this person it's not you don't know them they could be fine they could be a fucking serial killer they could be the wolf of
1: snow hollow yeah um on that note did you did you happen to pick the movie for next week anyways and it's about penises no i'm just kidding (laughs)
0: This one seems like a good one for winter. It's not, I think it's going to be a slow burn, but I've heard really good things about it. It's called The Black Coat's Daughter, and I do believe it's directed by Oz Perkins. And Mm -hmm. I've heard really good things about it. And I kind of think that one would be cool for winter. Because, you know, there's not a whole lot of shit going on in January. Well, there is. We we don't need to talk about, who this week in D.C. Yeah. uh, That's...
1: That, that would be a horrific. whole other podcast we don't need episode. We do to
0: talk about yeah. We just, we hope everyone is safe, and if you're not, we're thinking about you very dearly, yeah. and, um, yeah, anyways, but it, but, um, uh, it's streaming on Netflix, The Black Coat's Daughter, it is written and directed by Oz Perkins, which, his other movie that I saw was really good, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, I wanna say is, it's, oh yeah, it's, it was really good, but it is a very slow burn, but I've heard this one's a little more disturbing. Um, And it's about um, two students, or three students, who get stuck um, during the holiday break in their um, isolated prep school. And there might be, like, devil stuff going on. So, I I have, like, purposefully kept myself pretty much in the dark about this movie. But I've heard really good things about it. And I'm curious if it's going to be good or not. So I think let's do the Black Coat's Daughter. Because I really want to see Swallow. Okay. But I feel like yeah. this would be the perfect time to do Black Coat's Daughter. Because it's all, like, moody and depressing. And it's wintery. So I just have to make sure I watch it with somebody so I don't, like, fall asleep and have nightmares. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I'll be fine. I don't know. The pretty I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House was really good. But it was a really slow burn. So I'm having a feeling this is going to be a slow burn movie. But we've
1: had some really good slow burn movies. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite um, ones we have done are slow burns. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. But I'm I'm honestly here for the payoff when I watch a movie. So Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So we're going to watch The Black Coat's Daughter next week. Woo! Yay! And review it. And Yay. by the way, we're a little further behind. Like, we were really ahead of schedule last year. And we're going to be more like... I think we're recording the week before we post. So, you know, a good thing is we're going to be more up on current events. We're only going to be a week behind schedule. But the bad thing is that, uh, I don't know, if we have to take a break or something, we might actually not have an episode to post. So, we'll see how it goes. Um, And we'll keep you guys posted. Um, Thanks for sticking by us for a couple weeks um, of not posting. Like... I hated doing it, but honestly, work was so insane. There was no way I could have posted and edited anything. Um, so we're just not at that point right now, but, um, I really, uh, am thankful for Brit and I'm thankful for you guys and I'm thankful for new years and I hope 2021 is going to be great. And I, you can get a vaccine, get a vaccine. And if not, wear a fucking mask. And let's all try to stay calm and peaceful and not overrun any government buildings. Let's just all be really calm because, you know, let's just walk into 2021 with our eyes down and I'm paraphrasing. There's a great meme out there. It's just like, we're all going to be quiet. We're not going to touch anything. We're just going to be a good person walking through. Um, so yeah, so just be good to each other and, um, Spread some positivity and watch some horrific films.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't (laughs) watch horrific ones, make sure they're weird or, like, foreign. You know, get the word out there. There's movies that deserve to be seen. Yes. Um, And we hope you're watching those movies. And give us ideas. And we hope. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I know we have a few from... Our friend Clark. Um, so, yeah. And uh, so Clark has hi added Clark. to our list. And so now we need... Hi. Hi there, hi there, Clark. If you're if you're listening... We have a, we have a couple uh, friends
0: who've added some more stuff. Yeah. Clark Clark has added yeah. quite a few. And we need to get Clark on the podcast because I feel like Clark should help us with these.
1: Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, I would agree with that. So, um, be a Clark. Please recommend movies um please continue to comment like share uh give feedback we appreciate each and every one of you um i hope you take this moment right now if you haven't drank any water please take a shot for us uh shot 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 of water 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 are no i'm just kidding that's a vine um but so yeah um so yeah guys um please take some time for yourself i i hope you don't pressure yourself too much um and to making yourself feel like you have to get something accomplished this year um you survived 2020 that is enough um we're always appreciative of you guys i'm appreciative of katie i'm appreciative that this little idea has been going for almost a full year now that blows my mind to think about so i
0: know it makes yeah. it makes my heart full Sorry, I hate being lame, but I hope I hope 2021 turns out to be a better year than 2020. It per- personally already has, um, just having a grand old time in 2021, mostly because uh, good things happening, and then also I got my COVID vaccine, <laughs> so also, if you get a COVID vaccine, you have to get it twice, it's like Gardasil, you have to get two boosters, and apparently the second one kicks your butt, so... I'm curious what the second one's going to feel like for me. So, mm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, but I don't think it's going to kick your butt, like, actually make you sick. I think it just, like, really, you know, like, when you get a flu shot and you feel really flu-like? I think it's more like that. Yeah. So, and and we've done really well. We've only been recording for an hour and a half.
1: Yay! So, so yay! Yay, guys! Yay. We're
0: getting closer to yay. our hour mark. Yay! Yay! Yes. So, Perfect. yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. And subscribing. Please subscribe and like and share the podcast. And the more people that share it, the more people listen. And then the bigger group of friends we all have, our spoopy friends. And yeah, and then we have more people to talk about movies with. And that's exciting. Woo! Yay. It's very exciting. I love our little community. I love it. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry, this is probably a weird podcast back because we're both like... Oh shit, we gotta get back in the swing of things. So,
1: oh yeah. And Tyrion is licking
0: Brittany's jacket. He's done now. It's really cute. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And the tail just keeps switching. We really need to have
0: like a cat cam and just like, you know, have the cats like, oh, Tyrion is so cute. Um, Thank you. Also, do you guys want more pet content on the podcast site? Oh, Brittany has a TikTok. (laughs) and i feel like maybe we need to have a show tiktok but britney's gonna be in charge of it because she makes better tiktoks than me mine were like stupid ones but britney's are like all of her pets and they're amazing and it's already blown up it's flipping viral
1: no, 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 no. Katie has ha- Katie has legitimate talent. Uh, the only yeah. talent I have is having cute animals. So <laughs> no, I liked
0: your tea video. It was cute. She did a cute one. And was like, I'm having morning breakfast tea, and I was like, Ooh, I had a I had a tea latte tonight instead of coffee, oh. so I didn't go quite so crazy.
1: Um, very nice. Very nice. Yes, so so yeah, I heard I heard drinking tea is better for you than coffee. I don't know if that's true. I should probably do more research, but uh, it's just a start trying to do something a little different so
0: so yeah so so okay guys so remember to like and subscribe like the podcast share it with your friends it means the world to us and review it because apparently if you get reviews on apple reviews apple reviews apple podcast you get um your podcast boosted and then more people will find us just accidentally um and stay safe um and be nice to each other please and watch some scary movies
1: yes exactly which would be absolutely incredible um, you know and please if you see new scary movies if you see old scary movies if you see cult classic scary movies that you're like this would be great for the podcast uh, keep, keep us in mind uh, for all your unusual scary foreign film needs yes yeah, so <laughs>
0: and domestic this yes. was a domestic scary movie so
1: yes no. domestic I like so, yeah. and then I guess yes. with that <laughs> we'll
0: see you next week
1: Yes, same spoopy time, same
0: spoopy channel. And stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Stay spoopy,
1: y'all. Good night. Good night, Good night, all. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye, Bye. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at GrindhouseGirlsPod.com or visit our website at GrindhouseGirlsPod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.